Hello, T-Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea talk with Sha. Today, we're going to be getting into all the trending topics all over social media and the internet, and we're also going to be doing a deep dive into the other black girl on Hulu, so you're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. Okay, T-Crew, we have a lot to get into as usual. So let's go ahead and get into these hot topics. So the first is Usher is going to be headlining the Super Bowl. So let's like, let's dive deep. Um, (laughs) The Super Bowl this year is going to be in Vegas. And a lot of people had speculated that they were going to do a boy band Super Bowl. Now, this would have been with NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, and Boys to Men. They were trying to get um, boy bands from the 90s and 2000s to do a super mashup for the Super Bowl. Although that did not happen this time, we're keeping our fingers crossed that it happens in you know future years because people were so excited about that idea. But then they gave us Usher and everybody was happy with that (laughs) because we're so excited to see Usher. So Usher has been having his residency in Vegas now almost two years, I believe, and they continue to extend it. It keeps getting bigger and better. And everybody that sees it is amazed and in love with the show. He does um, roller skating as part of it. He does a lot of fan interaction, as we well know, getting wives in trouble, getting girlfriends in trouble (laughs) with his sex appeal. You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, so Usher is definitely going to be headlining. They premiered um, that the show is in production with Rock Nation and Apple Music, and they had the whole, you know, Kim and Usher spot, which was pretty funny. Um, For the Usher fans that remember, Usher had an album called Confessions, and in the beginning of the album, he was talking to somebody on the phone, and they were basically telling him that his side chick was pregnant, and they used a dub of that video to tell the world that he's going to be headlining the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) halftime show. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, this is cute. Kim Kardashian was in it. Um, And then they had another spot. I forget who was in it. They had a couple different alternate spots. But if you want to laugh and you're an Usher fan, go ahead and YouTube those and you'll find them. And they were very funny, entertaining. But I'm happy for Usher. This is such a good look. You know, when a performer gets up and performs for the Super Bowl, While you do not get paid, the bump in music, when people listen to your music, they listen to your hits. When you go into your catalog and, you know, pull out your biggest hits to do the Super Bowl show, your profits go up astronomically. Like Rihanna saw a huge surge in her um, past music and she didn't even put new music out. And it's rumored that Usher is also going to be giving us an album in February as well. So the Super Bowl is usually like the first week of February. His new album is going to be coming out the second week of February. So he's definitely going to be capitalizing on everything that he has going on. And I I can't wait. I'm excited for the new music. I'm excited to see what he brings um, to the Super Bowl stage. If he brings out, you know, special guests, like, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Like, do you, who do you think Usher's going to bring out? Or do you think he's going to go Rihanna style and just straight Usher for the whole 20 minutes? Because he can do it. I mean, with a residency, he's more than capable of doing it. And he does it every single night. 
You know what I mean? So it's definitely going to be a lit show. I'm just excited for the extraness of it all. I'm excited for Usher. This is such a good look um, for him and R&B music. And, you know, I must say, since Rock Nation took over and started helping Apple Music with the halftime shows, they've been pretty lit. So I'm excited to see another amazing halftime show. And congratulations to Usher. All right, let's get into this next topic here, the MGM attack. So MGM, for those that don't know, um, is a casino and they have global locations. It's not just nationwide, um, but they have global locations all around the world for casinos, sports betting, and all types of stuff that they do at MGM. And basically what is happening is hackers have found their way into MGM's betting system and they've basically been holding it hostage waiting for a ransom. They want MGM to pay a certain amount of money for them to, you know, relinquish their servers and get out of their um, you know, get out of their facilities as far as the mobile betting, but it's also the in-person betting and it's been estimated that they're losing between 4 and 8 million dollars a day. Um, based on this hijacking that's going on by these hackers. Now, this isn't something that's unfamiliar to the Vegas Strip or casinos in general. Earlier this year, Caesars paid $15 million to a hacker that was also, you know, holding their server for ransom. So it's a real issue. I don't know if any of the T crew are heavy gamblers. And if you are, you know, it's your business, gamble responsibly, et cetera, et cetera. But just be careful, you know, gamble with those like gift cards, like they say, if you don't trust the site or, you know, even now these are trusted sites. This was the MGM site that got attacked. And now all these people that gamble with MGM, their data is now floating in the air as they decide what they're going to do, if they're going to pay the ransom or if they're not. Um, so it just, it really just depends, but, you know, get a gift card get, you know, a Visa gift card or something like that where you can put your, you know, money onto it and then use that to gamble online and stuff so they won't have any more of their personal information, any more of your personal information than just your name. You know what I mean? Because that'll save you in the long run because these attacks are getting wild. And I know they could do it for all of us, right? Like banking apps, all this stuff that we use. It's just like, sometimes I'm just like, for the convenience of it, I do use it. But at the same time, I know that if anything happened, now I'm like opening myself up to possible fraud and issues that could happen. Um, but in this world, it's like, who is writing paper checks for every single vendor that they have? I mean, we have way too many, you know, to be doing stuff like that. But just be careful, T-Crew. When you're gambling, the sports betting, you know, football season is kicked back up. So I know a lot of y'all like to do your sports betting and your fantasy teams and all that good stuff and, and have fun with it. Like I said, you know, as long as you don't have a gambling addiction or a problem and you can just do, you know, a couple games and and be fine with it. And, you know, if that's your entertainment, that's that's fine. But I would just say, you know, hey, <laughs> let's not get wild with it because especially nowadays you really might not be seeing that money back if the casino goes ahead and closes because now I think they're going on week three of this attack it's like insane all right let's get into this next topic here a Latasha Christmas Lord so Latasha one of the founding members of Escape 
Um, and they had their reality show with SWV earlier this year where they were trying to plan a tour, but it ended up just being one show because the ladies really just couldn't get on the same page. Well, anyway, in that show, it came out that Latasha was receiving some of her sister Tamika's um, residuals and that when she received the residual check, um, you know, by mistake because of a mix up in addresses or whatever it was on the processing end, she never returned the money to her sister. Now, I usually say allegedly, but this has been corroborated by several people, mainly um, Tiny's mother who helped to set up the account. So basically what Tamika did to show her receipts in a way was say, listen, we didn't know as a group that we would be able to get these residuals. We were being helped and um, facilitated by Tiny's mother. Because you have to remember when these women were making these hits, they were in their early 20s. They were all really young. They were signed as teenagers. And by the time the residuals and the money started rolling in, they were still young. They were in their 20s. They were young. They didn't know what was going on. And Tiny's father was in a group as well. And what her mother did, he, she was able to go back and get residuals even for her father's career. So she was like, oh, if I can do this for him and his past music career, I can do this for the ladies for Escape. So she said she entered in all the data and everybody was getting the check that was going to them specifically. And then Tamika, Tamika's check somehow got rerouted back to Latasha. Now, Latasha denies this completely. Her husband, Rocky, denies this completely. And it basically, the show basically went off with them not really coming to a conclusion. Tamika had her side. Latasha wasn't budging on her side that she didn't take the money, whatever the case may be. But in the court of public opinion, we believe Tamika pretty much, right? For the most part. So now Latasha is not, she put out a gospel album after the show ended. Um, it didn't do well, but you know, she's still with that label. So they decided to promote a Christmas album. <laughs> Y'all, I can't. They decided to have Latasha do a Christmas album. And baby, the comments are insane. They are roasting her to pieces. One of my favorite memes was the Grinch that stole Christmas, where it's like Latasha's face morphing into the Grinch and then morphing back into Latasha's face. And it's like, you know, she stole Christmas. She stole money from her sister. It's just like crazy I just don't understand the promotion of it all like the distribution of it all you know while people were saying you know good things about the gospel album they liked the way that it sounded it was contemporary and they enjoyed it it's just not clearing up this situation with the money and your sister is really causing a, a big incline um in people just not caring about whatever musical projects you're putting out. And here you go again with another musical project before you address the situation that is going on with your sister. That's why I think people are dragging her in this way. It's like she went out, she did promo for her album. Of course, people asked her about it. Of course, she denied it. But at the end of the day, if you're going to continue to put more music out and you really want the Escape fans to get behind you and purchase that music, you got to make it right with Tamika. I don't know if you need to take 
part of your signing bonus from that gospel album or from this Christmas album and sit down with your sister and her husband and just get it all out and get it, you know, just make it right. Whatever it is, you guys are always going to be family. That's never going to change. You guys have, you know, kids that grew up together, you know, the cousins and stuff. They're never going to have a distant relationship because of what's going on with you guys. So I would just say, take some of this money from the Christmas project, make the best Christmas album that you can address things behind closed doors with your sister. If something is owed, which we all think it is pay what you owe (laughs) and let's get back on track because then you can really get the full support of the escape fans and they want to support you. They probably even want you to get back on tour with the ladies. Now it's just candy, tiny and Tamika touring. I'm sure people buying tickets will love to see all all four, although I I believe the performances are going well with just the three of them, but I know that they, they would love to see all four, you know? So I really hope that Latasha uses her Christmas advance for her Christmas album and does the right thing, pays her sister back. And you know what? Sometimes you do the right thing. God will bless you. You do the right thing and maybe, you know, you pay her back. You do a couple interviews. You explain what happened, that it was a mishap, whatever you want to say. And then people will buy the album and you'll have a successful Christmas album and you'll get back way more than the 40,000 that you gave back to your sister. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you got to do the right thing to get good things to come back into your life. Cause I think the other album that she had only sold like 1100 copies or something, it was crazy. So she really needs the escape fans to get behind her and really help to push this album. And I think that will happen once she apologizes and pays back her sister and just keeps it real with everybody, whatever was going on, it was very far in the past. And a lot of times, you know, and it just seems like with the way Tamika is from the show and from her YouTube channel and stuff that she would turn around, accept the check, hug her sister, and that would be the end of it. You know what I mean? She definitely gives that energy of like, I don't even want to do this with you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do this with you. I never did. I had to speak up um, because of, you know, being on a reality show and and me feeling like I was getting a bad representation on the show. So I had to tell the whole story of what happened. But I don't think if, you know, push came to shove that she even wanted that to be exposed to the public. You know what I mean? So I think she would definitely be more than happy to reconcile with her sister, take her check and move on, honestly. All right, y'all been asking, so let's just do a quick recap of the Blueface and Krishan saga. Um, So since uh, Krishan had her baby, Krishan Jr., Blueface and Krishan did have a quick reconcile moment where Blueface flew out to Baltimore to see their son, Krishan Jr., and um, they made a music video together. He's trying to get this new label off the ground, MILF Music, with his first uh, child's, his first couple of kids, mother, Jaden Alexis and Krishan Rock. Now, Krishan later explained that she did not sign to MILF Music, that all of her music is not going through Blueface anymore. It's going to be going through somebody else. Um, She also explained that her Zeus checks are not being split with him any longer or going through him any longer. She purchased a beautiful home in um, Los Angeles or out in the surrounding areas of Los Angeles to 
raise her baby in. And it looks like she has some of her family members living there as well to help with the child. Um, but it took a wild turn yesterday when it was exposed on, um, Adam 22 and WAC 100's new podcast, Blueface came on the podcast and he explained that, uh, Krishan Jr. needed to get surgery for a hernia. Now, for those of us that are parents or, you know, godparents, aunties, whatever, familiar with kids, hernias are pretty common in newborns. And a lot of times, you know, it's a simple one day procedure where they will go in and they will remove the hernia, keep an eye on the baby, and then the baby can come home. So it's not really that, you know, it's not that wild of a procedure to think that a baby would have a hernia and that a baby would need to have the hernia removed. So Krishan shares a photo of the baby to Blueface um, to show him the severity of the problem and that the baby will need surgery in a matter of days. And he posts the entire unedited photo on Twitter. And for those that are trying to put the pieces together, yes, this the, the photo was nude. The baby was completely naked. Um, of course, people told him right away, like this is not appropriate. You got to take it down, got to take it down, got to take it down. So it was taken down shortly after, but I was just like that lapse in judgment. Wow. And then earlier in the week, Krishan was running errands and she was taking the baby to Walmart and she had her dog or stuff with her and the baby's head was kind of slumped over to the side. And it wasn't like, you know, you have to support baby's necks because when babies are really young, they can't even like hold their own heads up. So you have to hold their head in a certain way. Um, and she wasn't doing that. And the baby's neck was kind of just like wobbling to the side. I guess he was sleeping while she was trying to return some items or something at Walmart. And just the combination of both parents, I'm just like, Lord help baby Krishan Jr. Because this is wild that they are parenting in this way. I mean, exposing the child on Twitter. Why, why would you do that? Like, to call Krishan out as a bad mother, if that's what you think as the father that's only seen the child a couple days of his life, then that's what you think. But at the same time, like if you get intoxicated and think it's funny to post pictures of your children when they are not clothed, that is a big issue. I can't believe that he thinks that's appropriate. And I'm like, this is why he has the CPS case on him right now. Because of incidences like this, where it's just a complete lapse in judgment and you think that that's okay as a parent and it's not, you know, they've both been going live. They've both been slamming each other. And I will say, you know, Krishan is not doing everything right, but she's a first time mom. And it seems like she's really trying to do everything she can versus Blue going on podcasts and talking about situations, you know, the baby's health and if he needs surgery and all this stuff, this is really something that is none of our business. And if you need to discuss that, it's almost like that's something that you definitely should discuss with Krishan first before you go on, um, you know, social media or a podcast to discuss it. But these two, it's just like the maturity level is in the basement. Um, Krishan also claims that Blueface was more willing to help um, and be with the baby when he thought the baby's name was going to be changed to Jamal um, Jr. or Jonathan Jamal Jr. 
which is his legal name. And, um, you know, Krishan was like, it's just so up and down. I'm not changing the baby's name. Um, and also I guess with the Zeus checks, he was saying, you know, you got to go back and put the Zeus checks in both of our names or whatever. So he can be a part of what she has going on with baddies East. And she refused to do that as well. So she says that these are the two things that made him, you know, upset and went back to LA without sending a ticket for her or the baby, because initially I guess she was going to go back to, um, you know, LA with him, but that she was setting up doctor's appointments in Baltimore. I don't know what's going on. You guys got, that's basically the cliff notes <laughs> of what I got of the situation. What I know should happen next or what I hope happens next is the baby goes ahead and gets his surgery for the hernia. Cause I know she was trying to put it off until Blueface came. But at this point it's like, girl, you can't be relying on him to come and do anything. Go ahead and get the procedure that you need for um, baby Krishan and, and move on. If he, if he comes and he makes it, that's one thing. If not, he doesn't, but at least, you know, you got the procedure done and you're doing what you should do as a mother. Um, and just continue to grow and continue to get better as a parent, lean on those people that you have in your home. They're there for a reason. Like they probably have children. You have your niece there, you know, so they just recently had a child. They have some experience. Lead on some of these people that have experience and, you know, just continue to do the best you can stay off live. Don't give him the satisfaction of knowing, you know, because it does, you know, make you seem a little unstable as a parent when you do stuff like that. So stay offline. Don't give him the satisfaction. Don't give him the time of day. Just focus on you and baby Krishan. That, that, that initial plan that you had, I think was the best plan. Um, he's going to try to play both of you guys, you and Jaden Alexis against each other. But I think if you focus on Krishan Jr. and you focus on being the best mother that you can be, everything else will just be noise and it'll just fall to the side. That's my opinion. All right, let's get into this last topic here. Bambi is suing Mama D for defamation after comments that she made on her live. So Bambi sat down with Amanda Seals for her podcast. And in this time that they sat down and had this conversation, Amanda asked Bambi about her relationship with Mama D and her divorce and how everything is going down. And basically Bambi said she can't really talk about it because she does have an open case against Mama D. So for those that weren't, um, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Bambi, Erica Mena, and um, Zell were all at a club appearance. Saucy Santana was there too. They were all at a hookah lounge. Erica got out of control and there was bouncers and people were fighting each other. And Bambi was also there. And because she did not hit the bricks like Saucy Santana did <laughs> when the club uh, called the cops, she was arrested with Erica and Zell. So basically what um, Mama D was alleging is that um, Bambi gave a fake ID to the arresting officers in a way to kind of get her out of the trouble that she was in because that wasn't under her legal name and her legal age and all this stuff. So they're ba she's basically alleging that she was trying to defraud her arresting officers when she got locked up for this bar situation. And Bambi said that's a very serious allegation. And she is definitely taking Mama D to court 
for comments of defamation. It honestly, to have Mama D as your mother-in-law or your ex-mother-in-law, however you want to play it, it has to be challenging, right? Because her and Scrappy are now getting a divorce, but it seems like between her and Scrappy, it's not that contentious. They're able to be at the same place at the same time. They're still filming the same reality show, right? So it's just a matter of Mama D and the things that she says when she goes live. It's like, I love you, Mama D. I always have. I think she's funny. I think her personality just screams reality TV. But at the end of the day, like, Scrappy is not going to get back with Shay. Bambi and Scrappy have multiple children together. I think three by the time they got divorced, right? These are your grandkids. If you want to have a good relationship with your grandkids and you really want to be put in that grandmother status and like you always say you're the queen and they're the princess and all sort of stuff you be talking about, the royal court and all that, then you have to treat Bambi with respect. It's like you never like Bambi and I get it. Sometimes, you know, when you, you love someone and they pick somebody you don't like, it's really hard to get over it. But at this point, they've been married for five years or so. Now they're getting divorced. They got three kids. You really have to get off your high horse and start to blend this family. Because with her getting divorced from Scrappy, if you want to see your grandkids, if you want to be in their life, you have to stop attacking their mother. Like that's just what it comes down to. Whether Bambi was right, whether Mama D was right, I know they both had a hand in it. But at the end of the day, if you really want to be a part of your grandchildren's lives and you want to make your son's life a little bit easier, you have to lay off of Bambi. You just have to. She's going through these legal situations, whatever the case may be. Scrappy still has, you know, faith in her that she'll be a good mother. And so you have to just let it go. It's not your place. You're not going to take the three kids in and raise them. You're not at a place where you want to take in three small children. So just let her do what she needs to do as a mother and you do what you need to do as a mother. <laughs> How about that? Let's all mother our kids. You mother Scrappy through his divorce and she'll mother her three young children through her divorce as well. And, you know, everything that she needs to do, because I will say, whether you like her or you don't like her, Bambi seems to be somebody that handles her business. And I do like that about her. I mean, she, you know, the bills are coming in late. She moved them into a smaller place where she could afford to pay the rent herself and the utilities herself. You know, she started a business, didn't really work out. She started another business. She keeps herself on love and hip hop. She keeps the drama coming so she can keep the checks coming in. She's a very self-reliant woman. And you got to give her that, that she doesn't really ask for much. And she takes care of a lot of things on her own, whether the marriage worked out or didn't work out or what, what part she had in that, you know, who's to know, I don't watch the show anymore, but I think that, you know, she's about her business. And if mama D really laid off and just let her do what she needs to do, I think she'd be more than happy to, you know, let her see her grandkids and work with scrappy co-parenting. You know what I mean? She just doesn't give me you know, I'm going to try to do the, everything I can to make his life miserable. It's just giving, we weren't working out as a couple. We still have all these kids to raise and I just can't do it every day. You know, I just can't go through this every day. All right, everyone, this has been the trending topics. Stay tuned for our sports report. 
All right, everybody, this is my favorite part of the podcast, the deep dive, where I get to shine a light on something I've been thinking about all week. And I was elated that you guys also really, really enjoyed this show the way that I did. It's called The Other Black Girl on Hulu. And let's get into this review. So like I normally do a review, I'm going to do all the general stuff in the beginning, and then I'm going to let you guys know where the spoilers are going to come in at the end. So even if you haven't seen the show and you want to know a little more about it, the first few minutes will be that. And then I will give you guys a disclaimer before I start getting into the spoilers. So The Other Black Girl is a new show on Hulu. It's done by the Onyx Collective. Now, for those that remember, the Onyx Collective is a group of African-Americans that are telling our our stories and our representation. So they basically have a deal with Hulu where they're working to put out black shows and, um, you know, black voices, black stories. This is all coming through the Onyx Collective via Hulu. So I think that's a great initiative. And I've been trying to watch um, all the Onyx Collective shows that come out just to support them. And I think the last one I watched was really good. That was the one with the lawyer, but I can't think of the name of it. You know, Michael Ealy was also in that one. And that one was good. Um, so yeah, so this is their newest venture. This is their newest project. The other black girl is a fiction thriller, um, by Zakaya Dahlia Harris. And it was originally published in 2021. And immediately (laughs) the collective was like, oh my goodness, we have to, um, get this book rights so we can make a show because this is definitely going to be an interesting show. So the show centers around a publisher called Wagner Books. Now, this publisher is known to be historically white. And, you know, we see that in the beginning of the show when they show all the past editors and there's only a few people of color um, mixed into the situation and only a few women as well. Um, so we see basically what the women are dealing with, you know, a black woman in corporate America as working as an assistant, trying to, you know, get herself seen and, you know, just get herself out there as more than an assistant. Obviously, you know, she does great work and she wants to be an editor one day. She's an aspiring editor, right? Um, But it really just dives into so many complex issues about being African-American and working in corporate America. I think that's why I liked it so much, generally speaking, because there was just so many layers to the show. And as you guys know, um, sometimes I complain about it, sometimes whatever, but I, you know, I work in corporate America. I've worked in corporate America for several, several years now. I worked in finance, um, now I work in legal, um, but it's basically just um, kind of a portrait in a thrilling, mystery, exciting um, type of way of how black women, especially um, and black men, but you know, black people in general, but this is about black women, obviously the other black girl. Um, we have to code switch. We have to code switch and we have to kind of update who we are and where we are, depending on, you know, what we're doing, um, in corporate America, because people, it's hard to even describe it, but 
it's almost like, you know, you have to work, you have to be able to maintain a certain level of professionalism. And that's across the board, right? Everybody has to be able to maintain that level of professionalism. But as a black woman in corporate America, there's like another level to it, right? Because you have to be able to assimilate to everything that's going on in the office. And how do you speak to your white coworkers? How do you speak to your bosses that are just, you know, way out of touch one percenters, you know, that went yachting <laughs> the weekend before, and now they're here with you and talking to you and, and corresponding with you. And it's just like, it's a lot. It takes time to really learn how to code switch in a way where you can be comfortable there and you can be comfortable here. And you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot that goes into it. And I think that this book and show really dive into the deeper levels of that, because as soon as the main character, um, you know, met the other main character and they were able to like develop an instant bond. And I think that that speaks to how black women operate in corporate America. That is just like, when you see someone else that looks like you, no matter if, you know, you would normally hang out with them, whether they would normally hang out with you, there's just an instant connection there. (laughs) You instantly just gravitate to each other because whether there's somebody that you would hang out with or not hang out with, um, it's just a bond, like it's an unspoken bond that the two of you have because you're both black, you know? All right, spoiler alert, the spoiler, 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 spoiler. If you have not watched this show yet, you're going to need to, um, and you want to watch the show and you don't want any spoilers, this is the part where you hop off the train. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) We love having you. Everybody who watched the show is ready to get into it. Let's get into it. So this was a wild, wild show. It kind of reminded me of several years back, they had a movie called Hair starring Kelly Rowland. And it was something like similar where they would get, they got, she got her hair done. And when they, she sewed the weave into her scalp, it started like haunting her or whatever. And I, this is something very similar. So basically what is happening in this story is there is, um, a woman that's working at, at Wagner books, like I said, And the second woman that comes in is trying to recruit her and make her into the, you know, corporate, perfect corporate black model, right? This is Gracelle Beavis's character. So she's just like, I am a published author. I'm accomplished. I'm this, I'm that I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Like She has all of her ducks in a row and basically she has created a system to make a bunch of mini me's that she can put in different, you know, avenues, powerful positions, but she is pulling the puppet strings. You know what I'm saying? So she gives them everything. She gives them the clothes. She gives them the new hairstyle. She gives them the, you know, sophisticated demeanor or whatever. So that way she can basically put anybody that she needs to put in a powerful position. She's like, oh, I know somebody for this. I know somebody for that. I know somebody for this. And she's basically placing these black women into these power positions so that she can gain control of the whole situation. (laughs) And it's wild. Like it's such a wild concept, but in a way it's like, you know, 
especially those that have been through this in corporate America and stuff, you get these mentorship programs, right? Where it's like you go into a new place and they try to give you somebody of color or maybe not. And they mentor you and tell you, you know, coming up in this industry or this company or whatever it is, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to say. This is how you have to behave. And this is how you have to maintain and et cetera, et cetera. And you're just sitting there like, okay, you know, this person has been in the business in the industry far longer than I have, and I should listen to them and I should understand them, um, you know, and I should take their word for it. But it's basically just like telling people, hey, like if you want to make a difference at all, you have to assimilate, you have to change because there's no way for you to make a change unless you're a part of it, right? This is a narrative that's passed down. It's like, yeah, you you may not be able to speak up all the time for your black perspective, but you're in the room. You have a seat at the table, right? These are things that we always hear. And I think a lot of these themes were definitely pushed and and shown through this lens of like thriller, mystery, horror. And not to say it's a boring show. It's a very exciting show. I think even if these themes don't really connect with you and you just like to watch thrillers. I think you'll also like this show because it is a really awesomely written thriller as far as like not being able to guess everything that's coming up. And that's why I was like (laughs) really, really strict to make sure I give a spoiler because you will not guess it um, at all. And then the twist at the end to see Nella come back and, you know, get her hair straightened with a long weave and she has the colorful outfits and she's wearing a power suit and she's ready to go as, you know, one of Wagner's new black editors. And the only thing, um, you know, that Diana, uh, Grace L. Beavis's character can even say is, oh, you've been using the grease. Great. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like everybody's so ready for you to just cave, take the money, put down your principles, you know? So I really, really hope that this show does well so we get a second season because I just have to know, was Nella able to infiltrate Wagner and, you know, get it out there, everything that was going on in the company and expose Diana? Um, We won't know all that good stuff until next season, but I really, really enjoyed the show. Let me know in the comments what you guys' favorite parts were. What was your favorite part of the show? What was your favorite theme of the show? What did the show bring out that was like, oh my God, that like moment for you? Um, And what part really shocked you? What part really surprised you? I want to know what you think because, you know, I really thought the whole time, not that, I thought that the whole time Hazel was working with Richard, I never really thought, I thought Diana was like kind of complicit in it because, you know, obviously it kept playing out over and over there was one black girl working at the company and then another black girl that kind of came in as like, you know, that agitator or whatever. So I was just like, oh, it's the same thing that happened with Hazel and Nella just playing back years and years and years only to find out that it was Diana the whole time. So I was like, what? I was shocked by that. But I want to know, like, yeah, what were the themes that you saw? What were the plot twists that you liked the most? Um, are there any other books, uh, by Zakaya that you think would make good shows? Cause at this point I'm on board. <laughs> I am on board. Um, and also a little fun, fun fact, Zakaya sold the rights for publishing for $1 million. So she made a pretty penny off of this book as well. And we love to see it. 
All right, everyone, don't forget to leave your comments. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. As always, thank you for sharing, participating in our polls, everything that you do to continue to grow the podcast. I truly, truly appreciate it. As always, convict the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.